Welcome inside the Sports Pen. Tanner Hoops with you. I'm glad that you're along this Thursday afternoon. We got some new intro music, and I'm pretty excited about Actually, that. Yeah, More than kinda, I should be. That surprised me a little bit. I, I, I'm feeling it. We're getting out of the groove a little bit. As you can tell, Jake Durant's in the studio with me. He's at a local three. I'm Tanner Hoops. Glad that you're along. What's up, Jake? Man, uh, not not a whole, well, a lot's going on, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's been hanging, uh, working on the sports zone, covering you know sports around the area. Uh, looking forward to the NMU games tonight, NMU basketball games. Things have been going good. There's going to be a lot coming up here in the next couple of days, couple of hours, what have you, even in this hour, because for a while the trade deadline left a lot to be desired. And then the last couple of hours, things really started picking up, especially as it's pertinent to our fans up here. We'll be talking about that and the after effects it will have on the Pistons and their team going forward. Plus, I've got a sibling rivalry that we're going to be the judges of that uh, I'm going to play for you probably in the next segment. i got some sound, what have you. We are two days away, about 48 hours from the XFL kicking off. And I tell you what, I'm keeping an open mind about it. I'm excited for it. And uh, we did lose a six-time Pro Bowl safety today. Eric Weddle has announced his retirement. How about that? Yeah, it was a you know I'm a secondary guy. That's the position I played mm-hmm. when I used to play football, uh, and I was a huge Eric Weddle fan. Um, I thought he was you know in his prime, one of the better better safeties in the league, obviously. And the dude had an amazing beard. So <laughs> got to give him props for that. Uh, congrats to Eric, and good luck to the next chapter in his life. He he definitely had a, a solid career. Well, I tell you what, let's dig right into the NBA tread deadline and the aftermath of that. The deadline passed about an hour ago, and all the trades, all the flurries started flying here in the last couple of hours. The big one, obviously, on most of our listeners' minds is that Andre Drummond was traded from the Pistons to the Cleveland Cavaliers for essentially a bag of Doritos, some tape, and, I don't know, one of LeBron's sweatbands from 2016. They didn't get much back for him. Honestly, I know that you had to move him. You had to do something. You know, you knew this move was coming for somebody, but... They got nothing back for him. I mean, John Henson, uh, Brandon Knight is coming back. I think a second-round pick is in there. You and me basically could have been traded. We we could be playing for the Pistons right now. Yeah, I mean, for Pistons fans, two names that they know very well. Obviously, Brandon Knight and John Henson were Pistons draft uh, draft picks back in 2011. The only thing I remember Brandon Knight for is getting dunked on multiple (laughs) times. And I'm not talking just like just getting dunked on this guy got absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. i don't know if pistons fans remember uh who was it back uh was it blake or was it no it was uh deandre jordan uh in la against the clippers and deandre jordan absolutely destroyed this guy put him on a poster literally like if you were ever to get dunked on and just had to quit your career this one (laughs) was it this one is in the all-time dunks of of the league Mm -hmm. i mean if you haven't seen it go on youtube and check it out it's ridiculous but two expiring contracts obviously the pistons trying to free up space they've been strapped with with salary cap issues for Mm -hmm. so long um and that was the big obviously the big reason why drummond had to be moved um so it you know i i get it the first my first initial reaction was they didn't get a lot in compensation i Mm -hmm. thought they could have got a lot more but you know maybe from a, a contender who was willing to give up a little bit more or something but then again it's all about cap space and how the money works and maybe there just wasn't the market there um but like you said they obviously had to get rid of him um he had he could have very well opted out at the end of the year and just walked and they could have got absolutely nothing for him mm-hmm. um and i don't even know if opting in would been would have been good for the no. pistons either so they were they were desperate i would have to say i guess you could say and 
and obviously trading them him within the division. I just don't know if they had a better option. So um, my first initial reaction, I was I was upset. Obviously, Pistons fans out there, um, Andre Drummond's been with the with the Pistons for over seven years. He's a unique talent, an elite rebounder, elite rim defender. Um, you know, averaging 17 and 15 this year, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty unique. But um, it's where the Pistons are right now. They have to commit one way or the other, and I'm I'm just happy that they finally 100% committed to now starting a rebuild. Yep. Because um, it's going to free up 29 million in cap space. Josh uh, Josh Smith's contracts coming up here. I think this year they're still paying Josh Smith. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And you know they, they so they they're going to have a lot more cap space. They're going to know how much money they're going to have, and now they can start kind of planning out what their their plan of attack is going to be. And they got Christian Wood on the roster still. They do. They, this is a young talent who they're going to be able to kind of get a good look now for the rest of the season. Uh, I remember watching the Pistons in the preseason, and this guy jumped off the screen to me. I had no idea where he came from, no mm-hmm. idea who this guy was, but I'm like, this guy actually has some potential, I think. So um, I think he's going to be a nice young piece. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, an all-star, anything like that, but I think he'll be able to kind of hold it down and develop a little bit more. And and um, I'm just kind of look at the positives here. I'm just wondering what the end game is here for the Cleveland Cavaliers, trading for Andre Drummond, knowing that he's going to walk at season's end. I mean, they're a last-place team. They can't really think that he's going to re-sign with them, can they? I mean, they must feel like maybe potentially they can get him in in there, kind of woo him a little bit. They do got some young talent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for for Cleveland. And I don't know if it would have made sense for a lot of teams, and that's possibly why the market was wasn't there for him. Um, but yeah, you're talking about okay. You're going to get Andre Drummond for the second half of the season. Is he really going to be? Is he going to move the needle for you? Um, are you in a position to even make a run at anything? If you're in last place, why not try to tank? It just really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but I got to feel like maybe they think he, they can get him in there and and potentially woo him and get him to resign. I don't I don't know if that's going to be the case. I tell you what, you look around the NBA today and the shock waves through it. They were talking on Lebitard earlier today. They were talking about some of the guys who are sweeteners, you know, guys who are not going to make an impact. They're journeymen, but they're just there, you know, as depth. They sweeten the pot a little bit. And to me. Brandon Knight just seems like that perfect guy. He is that guy. Him and John Henson both, they fill that role. Uh, who are a few other names that were brought up? Eric Snow, I know, was one of them. Solomon Hill, and he was traded here over the last couple of days or so. I mean, it was dead for a long time. Like, that was the conversation for a long time on sports radio this morning. Who is the best sweetener in the NBA at trade deadline time? And now we've got all this content to break down. Right, yeah. Um some guys, they're just destined to be journeymen in the NBA, and mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. You can still make a good career and, and still get paid decently at, uh, as a journeyman. But um, some guys, they're kind of just, you know, average players that, yeah, they can help you. They can do things here and there. They're not going to be, you know, starters and, and guys you can count on every single night. But I think the Morris twins are similar guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw Marcus Morris going to L.A. today. Yep, as in um, the Clippers. As in the uh, Yeah, excuse me, the Clippers. Um, and he's kind of a guy who who can do it do it all. He's a big body. He can guard. So um, guys like that, they're valuable in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and for contenders in, in these super teams or these teams that have two, three stars, they're very, very valuable. And, and that's why you see guys getting moved. And that's why the NBA is so big with player movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, out of all of the big leagues, they're, they're the, the league that you see guys moving all over the place or guys orchestrating trades and, and things like that because players have the power. And, and I think it makes for entertainment for me. I, I love trade deadlines. Mm-hmm. I love watching players move. I love the 
what goes beyond like building teams and rosters and and it's just something that i'm just very into you know we're almost 10 minutes into the show and we haven't even talked about the fact that d'angelo russell is now a minnesota timberwolf and andrew wiggins is heading to the bay area which to me i can see good things in that trade for both teams i do think minnesota won that trade they are getting a true point guard and they're matching russell with carl anthony towns i do see why golden state would make this move though they're in a position where you know what do you have to lose for this year they are getting a guard with all kinds of upside now they have no shortage of skeptics by making this deal nor should they have any shortage of skeptics but the upside is there for andrew wiggins that i'm okay with them making this move right and i think for andrew wiggins you know, he hasn't disappointed mm-hmm. um, since coming to the league. You know, he was a an extremely, you know, uh, big talent coming mm-hmm. to the league. You know, he was getting he was getting compared to LeBron or, or a guy that that was going to be like that. And he and he's he's a, like you said, he's a really good player. I think um, he just kind of maybe will be better off getting a new start, a fresh start, and somewhere new. And and why not out in in you know with the Warriors? Why mm-hmm. not? And um, obviously they're going to get Steph back. They'll have Clay. They got that guy. You know they got those guys coming in. I think on or uh, Wiggins will will do well with those guys. And I just don't understand how D'Angelo Russell keeps getting traded. Like this guy, he's, <laughs> he's a really good, good player. He's a good player, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a journeyman. I yes. mean, he's just getting thrown. You know, going to the Nets, the, the Warriors, Minnesota. He is going to get teamed up with Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Um, obviously, if you're a fan of the NBA, you know that they're really, really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's good for Minnesota. I think. It kind of will make Towns a little bit happier. He, I think he was on, quoted last night that he's sick of sick of losing, and, yep. and like he was sounding like he was fed up. So that might kind of damper that a little bit. And I'm telling you, I don't know. You know, I'm just making this. This is my opinion. I think Minnesota's looking at Devin Booker down there mm. in Phoenix. Those three are very, very good friends. And and if Devin Booker has a shot to get out of Phoenix, where he's kind of just get wasting away. He's been in the league for ten years. He's only 22 years old. That's a joke, but um, <laughs> but I mean he's just he's kind of just wasting away there. So if you got two of your best friends telling you, "Hey, come play with us," I think you know you got to kind of entertain that idea, and and potentially could we see those three team up in Minnesota at some point down the road? I don't see why not. So, um, like you said, I mean Minnesota definitely wins the deal. I don't know how much better they're going to be. We'll see, but. I think it's a long-term play. I think this is a, is a, is a chess move, and I think it's going to work out down the road more than what you're going to see now. Can you imagine if the Timberwolves find some way to get Devin Booker to the Twin Cities? That big three between Russell, Towns, and Booker would be probably only the second legitimate big three in that franchise history. The biggest since Kevin Garnett, yeah. Sam Cassell, and Fred Hoiberg. Right. And this big three blows that big three out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the money works. Obviously, the NBA, it's a money league, and you got to mm-hmm. crunch the numbers, and I don't know how that would – I'm not some you know salary cap expert here mm-hmm. or anything like that, but if, if you got a, if you got a way, I mean, you got a deadly shooter in Booker, a, a crafty point guard in D'Angelo who can score, big man down low, skilled big man. All you got to do is add a couple of those you know swing pieces, and, and I don't see why you couldn't contend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would, be, it would be a really good team, and I would love to see that. Well, I tell you what, uh, going back to the Warriors, it does work out for them in the sense that it works out for Andrew Wiggins, like you were saying earlier. He was overcast when he was in Minnesota. He was projected to be their number two going forward, and he's just not built for that. Now he goes to a place where there are going to be next year when uh, Steph and Clay come back. Two clear leaders on the team, 
And then I don't know if he's going to be the third or fourth guy on that team, uh, depending where they put him and Draymond Green or whoever else they bring him in. But it's going to be much more the role that Wiggins should have been accustomed to since coming into the NBA and a role that he'll feel more comfortable with. Right. I mean, he's going to have the, the space is going to open up for him, especially mm-hmm. when Steph and Clay come back. You know, you're talking about two of arguably the greatest shooters to ever play the game. Um, teams are going to have to obviously be guarding the perimeter when you're talking about those guys and he 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 makes a living being a slasher Mm -hmm. you know he's that guy who can who can you know cut back door you know blow by his guy he's a springy athlete he's a highlight reel Um, and he can shoot a little bit here and there he he, you know he has a streaky uh, spell so um, like you said, I just like the dynamic there. When I'm, I'm just thinking about it now, seeing those guys on the floor with, with a Draymond who can do it all as a big guy, you know, that's a matchup nightmare for mm-hmm. any opposing teams. And and um, and then, you know, Oak or why do I want to say Oak and Golden State still has, a, I'm guessing, going to be a decent uh, draft pick this year. So I think, um, you know, they're kind of just prepping themselves for what's going to be another run at you know, hopefully playoff runs and championships once they get fully healthy. Uh, Golden State's just kind of sitting back, watching everything play out, and just being patient. And I know they got they got some stuff under their sleeves. I think we're going to be talking about Golden State again in that conversation of very good teams in the West in a few years. I tell you what, I want to transition back to the Pistons before we go to break, and I'll do so with our stat of the day. Gerson Rosas is the new president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I don't know, new, I guess it might be the wrong word, because he took over in May. So seven months ago, there are two players left in the Timberwolves roster since he took over. Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Okoge are the only two players that are still here since Gerson Rosas came to the Timberwolves seven months ago. They are rebuilding it the right way, at least to me. I, I think they are. They're gutting things, and they're, they have a clear plan is what it looks like to me. Do we have that same confidence with the Pistons? Because I really don't. I know they have all this cap space. I'm not trying to bag on the Pistons. I just I don't feel confident that they're going to rebuild the right way. Yeah, they've got, what is it, how many million in cap space? 29 maybe. But what are they going to do with it? Are, do we trust them to make the right move? I mean, as a Pistons fan who, since that run in the mid two thousands, have have watched this team, you know, miss on draft picks, bringing guys with bad contracts, um, I'm not confident. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just not. And yeah, it's kind of just like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, man, they've been so strapped; they haven't been able to really make many moves Mm -hmm. and they've done what they've they've could and and to be honest with you that blake trade doesn't look great Mm -hmm. he's still on the books reggie jackson coming over that contract hurts him i think both of those guys they gotta they gotta hit the door at some point um so do i trust them as a pistons fan and i feel like pistons fans listening right now can agree i don't Mm -hmm. but i hope you can just hope that they can come up with something um, do I see it happening in the near future? No, this, this is going to be a rebuild now. Mm. But at least they have some wiggle room and they have now multiple lanes they can kind of d- uh, dive down. Coming up in our first break, I want to talk about just briefly the next uh, minute or so. The two, is, uh, two newest members of the New York Knicks, they get a new president of basketball operations and Leon Rose. They're going the analytics route instead of Masai Ujiri. Plus they get Mo Harkless albeit they lose Marcus Morris. Did the Knicks get better today? 
I think it's kind of a wash, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I, th- I think the Clippers brought in a guy that you know is going to help them. Um, obviously, Morris in in New, uh, New York was scoring around 20, 20 something a game. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be a, a scoring option for them, but I just think he he brings size. He brings an attitude. He can he can guard. You know, he can guard guys like he could potentially guard like LeBron. Mm-hmm. He could be a guy who guards you know bigger guys like that, Giannis and things like that. He can. You know he's a big body, so I think that'll help them. Uh, I honestly like Morris better than Harkless. Mm-hmm. Harkless isn't bad, but right. I mean, he's. I mean, you're the Knicks. You got. You got. A he's lot probably of, their best player that's what now. I'm saying. You got a lot more to worry about. Mm-hmm. So, um, is it a move that's going to, like I said, move the needle for New York? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, um, I just kind of think it was a deal that needed to be done for. I think the Clippers, like I said, won that trade. And I don't really know how the money's working. I don't mm-hmm. know, know where each player is on their contract, but maybe it was a, a money move. I have no idea. I have no idea what the Knicks are doing. I um, tell you what, uh, I, I do want to keep talking about the trade deadline. We're coming up on a timeout, and i got some other stuff I want to pose to you, Jake, here, and uh, some audio here on the next uh, next segment, what have you. We'll get to that in a moment here on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along. Where during the break, Jake informed me that he's decided he is a Seattle Dragons fan when it comes to the XFL, which will kick off here in about 48 hours. Why are you a Dragons fan, Jake? Well, I made this decision probably about 18 hours ago. Mm. Um, You know, knowing that the XFL is starting up soon, you got to find a team. And um, I was told this, so I was kind of looking through you know there's a lot of cool jerseys cool names i like the battle hawks the guardians the renegades but my team for the xfl season hopefully this year and beyond because i'm I'm rooting for the xfl Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go with the seattle dragons i'm a seattle dragons fan um there's really no reason why i'm a seattle dragons fan i don't have any ties to seattle i've never been to seattle Mm -hmm. i've been to the west coast just not that far north um i i just i'm a fan of I'm a fan of dragons. I'm a Game of Thrones guy. Love the dragons. Um, don't really know a lot about their team or anything like that, but that's how I've decided to choose my team. I am a Seattle Dragons fan. Go Seattle. He likes dragons. That's it. How about that? That's it. All right. Well, I need to pick a team. I, I still don't have one, and the season starts here in a few days. I'm excited, man. I'm really I'm going to keep an open mind about it. And, you know, there's more football. I mean, I don't have to wait until August for football. Right. Yeah, and that's what, you know, as a football fan, obviously any football is good football, but this feels different to me in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the previous time the XFL came through, that the other league we had, I'm blanking on the name. AAF. Um, that, that, what was it? AAF. AAF, that league. I kind of shut that league out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched a game or two here, but I just didn't, it just wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't mentally open to those leagues. But for some reason, this just feels different. It like does. you said, it feels different. Like I think they have the right mindset. I, th- I like what they're doing. It's not going to be the same rules and things like that. It's going to be more of an entertainment thing. And for football fans, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, something that's going to bridge that gap between the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, I think it's going to be entertaining, man. You know, they're they're doing some unique things, like I said, with the rules and things like that. So um, as a football fan, I'm excited to see it, and I, and I'm hoping that it sticks because um, there's a long drought when it, you talk about that mm-hmm. the Super Bowl ending and then. Going through the summer and and yeah, I'm a huge draft guy. I'm a draft nerd. I'm I dive into it every single day. I I, I know a lot of the the players and and probably do more than I should. But there's nothing more 
exciting than just actual football. Right. And I'm just I'm just excited to kind of see how it goes. I'm I'm hoping they get fans. I'm hoping fans go out to see it. And you know, like I said, go Seattle. All right, go Dragons. That's going to be Jake's new favorite team, coached by Jim Zorn, by the way, Jim former Zorn. former Washington Redskins head coach. Okay, didn't I, have great no. memories of him. I, was in Washington, say, no, I, I don't <laughs> remember anything good about the guy, but but go go Zorn, go Zorn, go Dragons. According to Jake, I'm glad that you transitioned us to football in the way only you can, Jake, <laughs> because I've got some audio for you. We have a sibling rivalry that you and I are going to be the judges of. Um, yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs had their Super Bowl parade in downtown KC, their first one in 50 years, and Travis Kelsey, for me, was the star of the show. Although, Pat Mahomes, I give him a ton of credit. Somebody threw a beer up where he is. I don't think they threw it at him, but they threw it pretty darn hard. He just reaches out and catches it with his left hand, like didn't even bat an eye, and then just starts chugging it. And I'm like, wow. Okay, go Pat. Uh, he says that, you know... Uh, going to Texas Tech, prepped him for that, and uh, the Texas governor tweeted out, this is gold, and I'm just like, this this all really is gold. You're right. Yeah. Um, despite all that, Travis Kelsey was the star of the show yesterday because uh, I've got some audio from him as well as his brother, and uh, let's just say they know how to celebrate a Super Bowl win. Take a listen. 21 years that's how that's how long it's just been turning for my guy andy reed mm, it's just been turning and turning and turning and what we do what we do we unleash a can of whoop everybody 24 nothing i ain't trying to hear it shout in i ain't trying to hear it Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down ten. <laughs> I don't know what that noise was that he just made, but it was wonderful, and he was not done. I'll tell you what, baby, it feels outstanding. We fight it for our right to Lombardi, baby. Coming home with that trophy, baby. Kansas City, I love y'all. <laughs> That was really well done. That was terrific by Travis Kelsey. But my question for you, Jake, is did he outdo his brother, Jason Kelsey, who if we throw back Thursday to a couple of years ago when the Eagles won their Super Bowl with Jason Kelsey, was his championship parade speech better than his brother's? Jason Peterson sold. He was too old. Didn't have it anymore. Before he got hurt, he was the best freaking tackle in the NFL. Stephen Wisniewski ain't good enough. Jason Kelsey's too small. Late Johnson can't lay off the juice. Brandon Brooks hasn't got it. Nick Foles don't got it. When Doug Peterson was hired, he was rated as the worst coaching hire by a lot of freaking analysts out there in the media. Some clown named Mike Lombardi told him that he was the least qualified head coach in the NFL. You saw a driven Doug Peterson, a man who went for it on fourth and down, went for it on fourth and down in the Super Bowl with a trick play. He wasn't playing. Super Bowl. 
I love it. And uh, I tell you what, I'm going to have you answer that question for me, Jake, who had the better championship parade speech. But before I have you judge between the Kelsey brothers, let me throw in a third contestant and we'll throw back to when the Blues won the Stanley Cup and Brett Hull took the mic. There is nothing more they have to do. So instead of saying... Let's go, Blues. We're going to say, we went Blues. Glory, Gloria. Gloria, Gloria. I think I got your number, Gloria. Those were all just amazing. Yeah, I, obviously all three of those uh, people heavily intoxicated <laughs> heavily heavily intoxicated but can you blame them you can't blame them they just I, won championships I, I love the last one with the dmx music was that great background it makes it so so much better um so i i, I definitely heard that travis kelsey soundbite I actually played it on my sports cast mm-hmm. last night because it, it was hilarious and <laughs> and um i gotta give it to travis kelsey yeah. I, I i respect jason kelsey's obviously he had to show his love to his offensive linemen um you know there were some doubters there it was great but um I just love Travis Kelsey and the way he presented that, you know, talking about 21 years, probably have a little drinky drink, blah, blah, blah. And then he just flipped the switch and just his voice was about to crack. He was he sounded like a WWE wrestler. He, and he was wearing the belt. He was mm-hmm. wearing the WWE belt. And, um, you know, I just love the fact that he, he brought up being down 24 nothing. I don't want to hear it. He was basically <laughs> saying what every one of those players wanted to say. Um, but he was the one kind of presenting that message and um you know he both of those guys have a future in the wwe if Mm -hmm. they ever wanted to i'd love to see them tag team and do that but i'm gonna give it to travis kelsey i just think it it was absolutely hilarious um the way he was wearing the belt he he had a little uh, macho man randy savage a little rick flair to Mm -hmm. it maybe even a little of the rock into it to all my old school wrestling fans um you know i just love i just love his take on it and then him just like just breathing into the, I don't really know what he was doing. Mm. I had to transcribe that, meaning I had to type up what he was saying last <laughs> night for, for closed captioning last night. And mm. we actually have what I typed up hung on our production room wall because mm. I, I literally typed up what he said, and it just looked so hilarious. We so. fighted for our right. Fighted for our to right. To Lombardi. Right. Has that been a saying? Or, uh, fighted I, for our right. Fighted for our I right. I love that. I mean, you know, he he basically made a saying there, and it, yeah, it was it was great. How was did great. you spell? How did you phonetically type "fighted"? Fighted is probably just F I G H T dash E D or something <laughs> ridiculous. I don't really remember. <laughs> um, then he blows the raspberry at the end, and I'm, I I think that's what it was. I'm not confident where that sound came from. Yeah, I don't know if, if you listen to the even more extended version of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are cutting it out. He kind of takes a shot at D Ford as well, mm. who must just be feeling sick right now. He's mm-hmm. like, he said something to the lines of, you know, we had, we had fifty five, meeting Frank Clark, and he didn't go offside, yep. something like that. He didn't drop an interception. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, that was kind of a low blow to D Ford a little mm-hmm. bit, who's, who very well could be sitting as a two time Super Bowl champion today if, obviously, he didn't go offside. Who would have known what would have happened after that? But then, obviously, that that they, them blowing blowing the 10-point lead. I mean, he's got to be sick right now. The favorite uh, piece of that, for uh, for me anyway, if I can isolate just one piece of that audio, is probably the 
Jason Kelsey part where he's talking about his linemen giving them love. Did you expect to come into the studio and hear something about Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice? <laughs> I, I, honestly, every time I come here, I don't know what to expect, so it does not surprise me. But, but I mean, just legendary, legendary. <clears throat> um, excuse me. There's always one guy. Mm-hmm. Every team who does these parades, who has these rallies, there's always one guy who, are, you know, is obviously well outspoken. But then you you talk about you said saw Patrick Mahomes shotgun and beers. Mm-hmm. Everyone was doing it all night. They probably hadn't slept in days. So no. you bring a guy, give a guy a microphone. We're waiting for those juicy sound bites. Those are the sound bites I love. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I live for. It's better than just like we worked hard, we did our thing. <laughs> <laughs> we did what we had to do, and we won. You know, Bill Belichick style. I mm-hmm. want to see guys go off and and just love, live in the moment, love it, and and own it, and and just be a little out there, man. Let the guard down, and just let you know how I feel because that's how I would be feeling. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Let's take our next time out as we hit the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we might know who the next big holdout in the NFL is going to be. Plus, I want to talk a little more about the trade deadline and if we could pick the most athletic person on the on the planet. You know, he's trying to save humanity. Who would that be? We'll answer that next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're with us. Here's your Sports Center update. The University of Colorado football team announces they are bringing back three previously retired jersey numbers after numerous requests by recruits. Uh, the jersey numbers 11, 24, and 67 will all be worn again. Does that seem a little messed up to you, Jake? I mean, one of those players is dead, but the family said that they can do it. But still, you retire those numbers and the uh, recruits say bring them back. I don't yeah. know. To me, that doesn't sit right. I mean, if you're going to retire it, make sure you know it's retired. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm went there with you. I think they should have just left those numbers alone. Vermont hockey head coach Kevin Sneeden announces that he is retiring at the end of the season after 17 years with the Catamounts and 22 overall in college hockey. And finally, chewing gum was invented in 1870 when a researcher experimenting with chicle, the sap from a tree in South America, decided to pop a piece in his mouth after multiple failed attempts to use it as a replacement for rubber. He decided that he liked it, took it back with him to New York, and he branded it as chewing gum. It's interesting, man. I'm always like, I always think back to different things, and I'm just like, who decided to one day just eat this mm-hmm. you know what i mean or yeah. or do you know just out of nowhere be like i, I think this will be good for me mm-hmm. um so those are interesting stories i'm glad he did it obviously i i, I chew gum on a, on occasion sure. so um but yeah it, it always interests me like if if you're just walking around like uh, maybe i chew on this <laughs> it works <laughs> it's crazy uh it, who among us has not chewed a piece of gum at one point and uh we have this guy whatever his name was adams i think it was that decided to chew on a piece of what he thought was rubber from a tree in South America. So good for him. Yeah, thank you. I tell you what, though, we have got, uh, you know, maybe the next holdout on our hands in the NFL. I want to get to that in a moment, plus more in the trade deadline. First, though, if you watched Highly Questionable yesterday here on ESPN, actually on ESPN TV, Dominic Foxworth, a former NFL cornerback, he's now a football analyst for ESPN, he made some people mad yesterday, and he's not walking back on it one bit. Him and Sarah Spain had this discussion. Sarah has walked it back, publicly apologized. But uh, Dominic Foxworth, to an extent, said that uh, he gave his thoughts on the sport handball. You ever play handball, Jake? I have not. No, no neither have I. Uh, it's not as popular around here, uh, really, in any of America. But over in Europe, it, it will, it's televised. It's a big deal out there. So Foxworth offended some people by saying that 
handball is basically a sport for Europeans who aren't talented enough to play soccer. Mm. And Sarah's like, oh, you're going to get a lot of mentions. People are going to be up in your mentions on Twitter. He's going to be like, all right, all eight handball fans in the world are going to come at me. And they did, except it turns out there's a lot more handball fans than he thought. And quite a few of them in the NBA that are playing right here, including Yusef Nurkic, who was one of the uh, far more outspoken people against Foxworth, what have you. And Foxworth continued to, he didn't walk it back, he just kept going on. And Jay Cutler, actually, because this all started with him, Jay Cutler went out barstool and said he wants to get a few guys together to try and make an Olympic handball team and represent the U.S. in the Olympics and handball. And basically, Cutler and Foxworth think they can step on there right now and be Olympic gold medalists. I'm wondering, Jake, because they had this discussion who would you get for that team? Let's say, let's, you know, kind of parody the plot from Space Jam. The aliens come down here, they challenge us to an unspecified game, and we send our best athlete against theirs for an unspecified sporting event. Mm-hmm. Who are you sending up? So I get one? You get one person. Who would be the one person you would trust? You don't know what sport it is. It could be a mix of anything, but you know it's going to be a sport, so you got to send your most athletic person. Ooh, this one's tough, isn't I, it? I, I have two, two right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, first one being Odell. Really? Just okay. because he's an amazing soccer player. I don't know if you, you follow him on Twitter, but he can play soccer. Mm. He's really good with his hand-eye coordination. He's really made that tennis ball drill very popular. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's just good at anything he does. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't really know what the sport is or anything like that, I feel like Odell is can pick things up very quickly, and he's just. You know he's he's competitive and he's he's a very talented human being. Um, Giannis, okay, just because he's just a freak, he's a mm-hmm. great god. You can't go against that. Um, <laughs> you know, so he's he's more like of a, a monster type of figure to mm-hmm. me. Um, if it, if it has to do with anything physical, jumping, anything like that, I feel like I, I put my money on Giannis. You sound like you think basketball players are the most Bas- athletic people. Basketball, football, these are just guys that I know mm-hmm. that that I'd be comfortable with putting sure. my money on. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, just off the top of my head, those two guys, I, I, I would feel safe doing, sending either of those. Guys. So you'd be okay with having those two in your handball team. If you're putting a team together, you want to go compete against Cutler in the Olympic qualifiers, Cutler and Foxworth. And I don't know, they get LeBron against you, Odell and Giannis. Who wins that? Man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you're talking about two, two, even with Cutler and Foxworth, they are professional athletes. I'm nothing near that. That makes you the weak link. That makes me the weak link for the team. I would say LeBron and Giannis kind of cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. I say we have the advantage with Odell over, let's say, Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah. But I think Foxworth is probably a little bit more athletic, and, and I would probably have to guess he's a little bit more competitive than me because he's went to the NFL. I'd probably match you up against Cutler, though. Me against Cutler? I would put you I, against Cutler. I, I haven't seen Jay Cutler. I, I'm, I'm guessing he's enjoying retirement. I'm going to mm-hmm. hope he's a little out of shape. You know, Maybe he's been smoking some cigars. I don't know if he dabbles in cigarettes. Mm. Who knows? Um, he's smoking Jay. Smoking Jay Cutler. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, maybe maybe I could take on Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say I can, but but I would definitely be the, the worst player out of the group. I tell you what, handball, it kind of looks fun. It's one of those things that I you know would kind of like to try. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm always up for different sports. I honestly, I, I'm gonna have to look into like what the sport in, per, pertains and things like that, mm. um, and and try to see just how the skills needed for that. I'm guessing you need to be good, good with your hands. Mm. So yeah, uh, 
I mean, I would be down to try it as well. It's one of those things that it's not overly popular here. There's not a lot of fans, but the ones who are here and are fans are really big fans. They're really pet, kind of like you know UFC fans, something like that. Yeah, um, you know, you got your niche sports and things like that, and Europeans are definitely uh, prideful and very dedicated to their teams. You don't really see a lot of bandwagon jumpers over Mm -hmm. there in Europe when you talk about soccer. I'm guessing the same with handball. Um, So yeah, you don't really want to mess with with people like that. for me, if I had to go to one Olympic sport and and I feel the best um, that I can be, I would it'd be curling. Just because you don't, necessi- I want to try curling. You don't necessarily need to be like super athletic. I'm not mm-hmm. saying curlers aren't athletic, right? But it's not based solely on your athleticism. Exactly. You know, it's it's all about technique, and you can learn technique and things like that. I'm not saying it's an easy sport and anyone mm-hmm. can do it, but I think that would be a sport that I could potentially pick up and get to a level of Olympic status. Probably wouldn't be able to do that, right. but I feel like I could I could uh, get better at the game f- the quickest. You know, back when I was in Duluth, that was when they were having the Olympics and what have you, and uh, two-fourths of that Olympic gold medal team was from Duluth, so I was like, i got to try curling while I'm here, and that never transpired. Can you curl in Marquette? Do they have curling here? Uh, yeah, um, definitely up in Calumet as well. Calumet, okay. Um I'm if actually, I don't want to drive two hours, though, can I curl in town? I want to try curling. Yeah, I, I think Lakeview Arena has curling Do they? at uh, some points during the Because you year. need like a special type of ice, don't you? It's different than hockey ice. Yeah, definitely different. Um, I, I'm pretty sure there's a curling league somewhere in Marquette mm-hmm. at some point in the year. I actually just got – this is live. Uh, my news director at my station, Ben, said Connor McGregor for handball would be Ooh, great. Ooh, good pick, Ben. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, he, yeah, he said he's got the swing. So shout out Ben for listening right appreciate now. appreciate it, Ben. Thank um, you. That's actually a really, yeah, that's, I would say that's actually a pretty Connor good Connor McGregor. You know, he, he, can, he can do a lot. He's versatile. He can mm-hmm. grapple. He can, you know, he has that, that sharp mind, that mentality to, to be great. So I, I would have to agree with Ben. I think Connor would be a good pick. I don't know that I have a pick. I'm going to have to keep thinking about that. I made up the question. You have answers before <laughs> I did. I had this question ready before we hit the air hours ago. You want a lot of versatility. So you, you do. don't want the same type of person. You need some mm-hmm. speed. Uh, like I said, uh, Giannis would be kind of that your muscle mm-hmm. um, and things like that. You want a, a lot of different. Maybe Draymond Green. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I don't think he has the speed that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, like, what is I somebody. Enough, I don't know enough about handball. I got to look mm-hmm. into it. What does somebody like Steph Curry bring to the table if you're, like, doing handball? I mean, sure, he's fast, but I mean, even if it's not handball, even if you're trying to save humanity from the aliens, he's kind of short, relatively, for being a pro athlete. All he does is shoot. You don't shoot in handball. You probably don't shoot whatever the aliens are going to choose. As much as I want to pick Sidney Crosby to save my life, um, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would, if I have my choice, there's probably other people I would pick before him. Uh, Usain Bolt, all he has is speed, basically, or at least we think. I'm sure he has more than that, but... uh. But but in a you know professional setting, if uh, given the scenario that I'm bringing up, he brings speed to the table. I don't know who's more all around um, than Giannis, probably. Right. Yeah. You need a good mix of speed, strength, height, athleticism. Mm-hmm. You need someone that can do a little bit of everything. Not someone who just excels in one one area. Like that's what Giannis came right to my head, just because mm-hmm. you know he's he's his nickname's the freak man, right? And, and I would feel better sending someone who's a little bit more physical, like you said, Steph Curry. What can he really do? He, right. he has intangibles and he has a sharp mind. Um, he's really good at shooting the ball. Could he, you know, could he be good at handball and 
and become as good at a specific skill as shooting mm-hmm. um, in handball, possibly because he has that intangible about him. But but yeah, I'm not. If if it comes down to power and force and us getting overrun, Steph Curry's gonna crumble. No offense, Steph Curry. Right. I don't think he's much bigger than me. Obviously, he's taller, <laughs> but I mean, I don't think he's much stronger. Maybe he is. I don't Maybe. Know. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad that you're along. We're coming up on our next break. We're still going to talk about what may be the next big holdout in the NFL. Plus, we'll uh, recap the trade deadline just a little bit more. Put a bow on that next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen Podcast. Get it from our free mobile app, which you can get from the Apple iStore, Store, Google Play, or check out ESPNUP.com and get the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Don't forget, we've got Westwood Patriot Girls Basketball on ESPNUP tonight. I love this game, Jake, because it is the one all year where I have less of a travel than the team does because they are coming here to Marquette. They're making the short trip over from Ishpeming. They will play the Redettes in non-conference action tonight at Marquette Senior High School. We will have the play-by-play at about 7.15 approximately with uh, the pregame getting going around 7. So it's my hope you join us for that. I'm sure Local 3 is going to have some highlights. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. That's going to be, you know, Marquette's, they haven't been playing their best basketball as of late, but they can get into that zone where they can be hard to stop. They got mm-hmm. a lot of balance, similar to what Westwood brings to the table. I don't know to that level, but when they're on their A game, they could potentially be a, a tough uh, defeat for, mm-hmm. for Westwood. So, I mean, we might see a pretty good game tonight. I'm hoping for it, and, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. So, Tune in to Local 3 tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern for highlights and post-game reaction. You've got a battle of two top five teams in the UP, and I tell you what, Marquette's 9-5. and five. They're on a three-game losing streak. That does not matter. They are one of the best defensive teams, not just in the UP, but really in all of northern Michigan. They're going to give Westwood a battle tonight, so it's going to be a fun one. We'll have the coverage on ESPN-UP and Local 3, so be sure to check that out later tonight. The next big holdout in the NFL. Could it be Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott wants his money. He wants to get paid a lot of money. He wants to get into that elite quarterback tier. And so far, there's only two people I know of that think the Cowboys should pay him that. And that would be Dak Prescott and Will Kane. Those are the only two people that think Dak Prescott should get paid elite quarterback money. Uh, Here's the thing, Jake. What has Dak Prescott exactly done to deserve that kind of money? I mean, what has he done to deserve elite quarterback money. He has struggled when he hasn't had an elite offensive line. And even before, even when he had that before last season, before they brought in Amari Cooper, they started giving him some weapons. And sure, his numbers look fine. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. In fact, I think he's an above average quarterback. But you, you can't tell me he is the, he's on the same level as Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, and he doesn't deserve to get paid that, that way. And, but that being said, the quarterback position as versatile should I say as it is as vital as it is in the NFL if you have somebody that's good that's above average those are hard to find in the NFL and if you've got one of those maybe you do need to overpay him to make him happy but if Dak starts holding out for this kind of money uh, he he's going to know that with the Cowboys that they don't want to get into that quarterback carousel so many teams find themselves in but honestly his performance doesn't merit the kind of money that he's asking for yeah 
It would be interesting to hear what Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy are discussing when it comes to Dak Prescott. I want to know what Mike McCarthy thinks. Um, is Mike McCarthy saying, we got to get this done, I need him, like this is this is a big piece for mm-hmm. us? Or, or is Mike McCarthy saying, listen, I like our, the supporting cast. I think we can maybe get in. I've been hearing they were t- people talking about Tom Brady coming on over. Yeah. Um, and and staying there for two years for like thirty three million and that is interesting to me mm-hmm. because like you said Dak came into the league with probably the best situation you can ask exactly. for when you're talking about elite defensive or or elite offensive line a pretty solid defense um, and one of the best running backs you can ask for and um, if you can't necessarily get it done with that. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's showing to me that, no, you're not in that elite category of like an Aaron Rodgers who for so many years willed his team to victory. If Dak was on that those Packer teams in the mid-2010s, uh, would Dak be winning games as right. much as Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it, it's it's all about the market. And right now, quarterbacks are getting paid. And, and each time a quarterback gets paid, the next one up wants to trump the previous contract and and right now the cowboys are sitting there saying we don't think you're actually like that good to right. get a contract like that and mm-hmm. and like I, and, and jerry jones he's a guy who gets deals done but mm-hmm. i just don't think jerry believes in dak yeah you, you know i, I don't mean? think he should either he, he at should. least not to the level that he's right. asking him to and to be honest with you the numbers he had uh dak's numbers this year like his passing yards and things like that they were really good yeah but you look back on it, a lot of the yards are coming from garbage time when mm-hmm. they're behind in games. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. You're not seeing results. And, you know, I look back at the Green Bay game. Green Bay was up 31-3 to three when Dak finally started playing, and mm-hmm. he ended up throwing for 300-something yards when they were, the team was already kind of out of it. So, and that happened multiple times, and, and they had a really easy uh, schedule to begin the season. So, even though Dak can sit there and say, look at the numbers I put up, you did it with a, a really, really good team, mm-hmm. and still we went eight and eight, and and still we're not in the playoffs. So it's not a great situation. Obviously, anytime you you kind of have something going on with your quarterback, it's not great. I'm interested to see what they do, mm-hmm. and obviously, if they bring in a guy like Tom Brady, can you imagine Tom Brady going oh, to know. Dallas? Man, I mean, I would. I, I think it's a, a decent fit, to be honest with you. If Tom still has a, mm-hmm. enough left in the tank. Because he he brings that experience and in, in that intangible and in, in that leadership, but at the same time, do you want to see Dak leave mm-hmm. and go somewhere else and then right. flourish? I mean, and it's, and it's going a, back to that coaching uh, the quarterback carousel. Exactly, it's a, it's a tough this it's a d- tough position for Dallas right now. In my eyes, I think they have to pay him. Yeah, it, and it and it, no, he's not worth it, and. He, obviously, he's asking for too much, and they're going to have to overpay him. But at this point, if you can't. I just don't see what – unless you're bringing in a guy like like I said, Tom Brady, or would you bring in like Teddy Bridgewater? Like, it just doesn't – nothing else is, is right there. So you almost are stuck to the position where you have to pay mm-hmm. him. You, you could franchise tag him, fine, but then you're putting yourself into a Kirk Cousins situation. Right. And and once you lose respect between the two parties when you're talking Dak and the, the Cowboys organization and then he starts feeling spited and, and disrespected, then it starts getting a little – crazy luckily for the cowboys Dak's kind of a mellow dude mm-hmm. level-headed understands as a business right but at at some point everyone reach reaches their kind of you know breaking point and and you don't want Dak to do that and then kind of lose faith in the cowboys you think about you know and i again i don't think he's a bad quarterback and i think he does deserve a raise just not the raise he's asking for but off the top of my head there's probably at least seven eight other quarterbacks that 
the Cowboys would be better with before Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Pat Mahomes, I think of Rodgers, I think of Russell Wilson, Brady. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, would come in and make the Cowboys better than they were with Dak I think, Prescott. Yeah, I think him and Tannehill are kind of at an even yeah. level as, as a quarterback. I'll put you him saw, above Jared Goff. You, well, you saw what T- Tannehill did this year when he mm-hmm. had a team around him. Right. He played like a quarterback that Miami wanted him to be. And you saw Tannehill when he was playing in Miami with no supporting cast. Mm-hmm. I think Dak's a similar guy. It, it really matters who you surround. I mean, with any quarterback, it matters. But with, with Dak, it, it means more. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you got guys like Pat Mahomes who can make people look better. I don't think Dak really has that ability to to the extent of a, like a Mahomes or like mm-hmm. a Lamar Jackson. He needs to have everything in place. He needs to be a game manager. He's not going to go out there and make the plays. So, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. You know, and here's the biggest thing for me. Here might be the bar, honestly, for me, because he wants to prove, Dak does, that he's better than Carson Wentz. For me, there's that rivalry between those two. They came to the league at the same time. Wentz took the league by storm. Let me ask you this, Jake. I got two questions here that we can set the bar with for Dak Prescott. The first 13 weeks of Carson Wentz's career, before he got hurt during his rookie season on his way to what would have been an MVP, was he an elite quarterback during that stretch? I would say, yeah. Has Dak Prescott ever played at that level no. during any stretch in his career? No, he hasn't. No. He really hasn't. And to me, that doesn't warrant $40 million. No. Yeah, you're talking about you know top five money. I mean, if he gets paid, he can be get paid in the top 15. Mm-hmm. He could very well be top 10. Sure. But it's that later, ten, you know, Eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. where you're kind of, if you're the Cowboys, this is kind of what you've brought to the table here. You know, Dak's going to say, you know, I've been loyal to this team. I, I haven't demanded any money. You know, I've let the process play out. I look at my numbers. But at the end of the year, I mean, he kind of bet on himself a little bit. And this was the year he needed to get into the playoffs and make that playoff push, maybe represent the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't happen for him. So now, He's kind of he doesn't have as much leverage, I guess you can say, and and right now they're it, like you said they're at a stalemate. Both sides have different you know perceptions, and and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Jerry Jones is a guy with a lot enough pride where he would go out and and under the table just bring in Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. If that means you know you got two years at legit shots at Super Bowls and 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 not just mediocrity, Jerry Jones might do it yep. if, if Dak, Dak messes around. He's he's a businessman. He knows what's going on and. And he knows right now it's a gold opportunity because he put together – it's a really good roster. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk you talk about a, a lot of experts and things. People are saying, like, oh, yeah, the Cowboys are probably a good contender for the, the uh, Super Bowl next year. It's just like, how, where does this come from? They mm-hmm. went 8-8. Eight eight. It's because they have the talents there. It's all right. young. I think they have one player under 30. They just need a guy to be able to come in. Hopefully it's Mike McCarthy who can come in and kind of make that talent – play at its full potential and i don't know man i'm not a cowboys fan so i'm hoping they make the wrong move but in my eyes you gotta pay Dak. that's just how i feel about it danner hoops jake durant with you here in our final five minutes or so of the show let's recap the nba tread deadline because andre drummond is now a cleveland cavalier the rebuild is in full swing out in detroit we aren't confident they're going to do it the right way although i mean they've got the right coach in in place right yeah. now they've got some good young players there are we confident that they're going to spend that money wisely, the money they freed up without Andre Drummond? I'm not. I'm really not. Who did get better, though, here at this trade deadline, though? Because I, I don't think Detroit did. I think this is a Boston Red Sox type. But not as bad because mm. Boston was openly trying to get swindled. They were yeah. just open about it. 
Detroit, there's still some reason to be optimism because maybe this front office will get it right. Who got better, though, at the trade deadline? I really like what the Miami Heat did, I was going to say, Miami. Um, Miami was a team who was kind of a dark horse in the East. They have, I just, you know, I, I always, I've come on here and said I'm not a huge Jimmy Butler fan, mm-hmm. but just watching the Heat, for some reason I'm always tuning into Heat games when yep. they're on TV. I don't know why. I like I like their draft pick Tyler Harrow yep. Butler. They have a lot of nice young athletic pieces. That Bam. huge guy that can shoot the three, Duncan Robinson. Duncan, and you know where he's from, baby. <laughs> U of M, go blue. Um, yeah, Bam he's out playing bio. well. Bam out of bio. You know, I like the I like what they got going and <clears throat> bringing in a guy like uh, Gallinari. They brought in Gallinari. Right? They are still working that out. There's okay. some kind of dispute so I won't say with that. the contract. If, if they can bring in a guy like Gallinari, that's a nice veteran to have. And, mm-hmm. Iguodala and Iguodala, yeah, three-time uh, NBA champion, finals, uh, finals MVP. MVP. How much gas does he have left in in, right. in the gas tank? I don't know. But, but when he, you bring a champion into a locker room, things can change. Exactly. I mean, he knows how to get it done. He knows what it takes, and and he's a good defender. Uh, I still think Milwaukee's clear cut the favorite in the East. They like, are. Not a lot of people are talking about my or Milwaukee. They're thirty-four and seven. That's ridiculous. Because the and NBA they, will find a way right, to keep that small still, market team yeah, out. They still don't want to talk about them, but I still I I do think they close the gap, and I think they're the clear-cut number two with bring if they can bring in Gallinari, who's a good role piece. He can shoot. He can you know he's a savvy vet. I think that's a good position or a good player for that position and. And like you said, Andre, if he has something left in the tank, you're just bringing in experience, and that's what that team needs. You know, and they absolutely believe in Iggy because they were going to release him, uh, Memphis was. They were going to release him if they couldn't find a trade, so they could have got him for free this weekend. The Heat were worried somebody else was going to do that, so they're willing to pay mm-hmm. that $17 million contract. And maybe the biggest thing that nobody's talking about with this move is they got rid of Dion Waiters. They traded Dion Waiters for Ingadala. Waiters had all of his problems with the Heat, and they got rid of that locker room distraction. They bring in a guy who's going to make the locker room better and improve that kind of atmosphere. The Heat are gearing up. This is their time. This is their window, and they can sense it. Yeah, I mean, you, when you talk about addition by subtraction, you know, losing Dion Waiters, good for the Heat because he was just getting in all kinds of just odd trouble and doing just weird things. Um and then, like you said, you can't, you can't value, you know, it's, it's the value of having an experienced player who's been through it, knows how to get it done, especially with a young roster, is invaluable. You know, you can't replace that. And to bring in a guy like Andre uh, for, with a, a roster who, who believes they can make a push at a championship this year, I think at some point it's going to pay off in a very big way. So, I, you know, Pat Riley, he's that dude, man. Mm-hmm. He's that dude. I love what Miami has done post-LeBron and D-Wade. Um, it's similar to what I wish the Pistons would do with their franchise in that direction, but Pat Riley's a legend. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you, and with that, we're out of time. I appreciate you being here as always, my man. What's coming up at Local 3? Tune in to Local 3, man. We got you know coverage of all the local sports, 6 and 11, Monday through Friday. Obviously, tune into the Sports Zone um, Wednesday nights. We, we'll, we bring you the coverage, man. Please tune in. Uh, who knows what you're going to see, but... Um, I always appreciate people tuning in, tuning in and supporting Local 3. That's it for us here at ESPN-UP. Join us for Patriot Basketball here in about two hours. I'll have the call along with Jared Kosky. Until then, for Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.